Hou me wakker, geef me vuur Laat me lachen, maak me boos Als je me nooit Als je me nooit verandert Neem me mee op avontuur Als ik vastzit in mijn hoofd Als je me nooit Als je me nooit verandert Ben al zo lang, zo lang, zo lang bij jou En heb me nog geen dag verveeld Ik ben al zo lang, zo lang Radio Maastricht, uh, Corona edition. We are we are all our episodes are currently pre-recorded. We're recording outside today, just for social distance purposes. Yes. Um, right here in the in the makeshift studio today, uh, we have Katinka. Hi. And Ruby. Hello, hello, hello. And this is Mizaki, of course. Um, so, what song was that we just heard? Uh, yeah, it was a song from Jemai Watje ook doet. He's a, a Dutch singer, as you probably heard, because the song was also in Dutch. Um, yeah, and I love this song because it was from one of his albums. So he won the first ever Idols, which is like a gazillion years ago. Then went into musical for a bit, and now he's recording albums again. I think this one was released in 2017 or 18 and it's a completely gender neutral album so all the songs don't have he or she in it um he himself is gay but he was like it doesn't always have to be about that so if i am as a guy singing about a guy then you know it's a thing and uh, music is just neutral music is for everybody doesn't matter what we sing about love is love doesn't matter who you love or how you love and um, so he decided to write a gender neutral album and i thought that was very cool Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially with the topic that we're talking about. Can you, uh, can you introduce that? Yeah, our topic today is gender-neutral fashion. Um, yeah, it really works for, the, works for the song because, you know, music is for everyone. Clothing should also be for everybody, yeah. I think. So, yeah. So, let's talk, let's talk more about gender-neutral fashion. Um, 
so Ruby, you are mm-hmm. you are trans. You are yeah, non-binary specifically, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so I'm identify as non-binary, which means that I don't identify within the gender binary that uh, Western society has set up, and I feel like for me, fashion is so strange because when you go into shops it's always divided into the boys section and the girls section but for me that has never made any sense and I just wear clothes from wherever because for me the fact that clothing has a gender is so absurd it's completely absurd actually and to call something to actually have something that's called gender neutral fashion is also kind of absurd in some way because then you're in some way reinforcing the fact that clothes have a societal gender instead of saying that clothes don't actually have a gender and you can wear whatever you want and de-gendering clothes it's almost like for me at least putting another tagline instead of saying that we can just reclaim clothes for us as people and different body types something has to exist for it to not exist anymore kind of that weird circle I guess yeah Yeah, I love that Um, I mean me as just a woman I think I've never really thought about it that much um, but all the vests that I own are always from guy friends <clears throat> from guy friends or ex-boyfriends or stuff like that because I, I love hoodies um, and that's fine nobody ever asks a question about that but if a guy wears a shirt or a vest that you know is female as if you want to call it that then everybody is always looking and wondering and so I think it's it's very weird that women can wear male clothes they even brand it like that like the boyfriend jeans and stuff like that um, and that's that's okay and then the other way around it doesn't really work and I don't know it's a weird I mean you've got your accent patriarchy really yeah. because um, it's systemic patriarchal structures that mean okay it's fine because you're trying to be more masculine and that's more acceptable within our society but as soon as a man who's meant to be manly and has this patriarchal role in society is expected is it behaving in a way that's deemed feminine they're a sissy they're a baggot they're a worst there are all these other derogatory words associated with dressing effeminately or behaving effeminately or in any way behavior deemed effeminate is suddenly very troubling for our western society unless it's dressing up right because with carnival or dressing up parties halloween that's where i see everybody all the guys wearing dresses and then it's fun and then it's cool all of a sudden so so weird how if the context changes it's it's okay or it's not okay i don't know what do you think saki yeah i mean I don't know, from, with me buying clothes, I generally shop in men's sections just because that's what's easiest for me. It's what I'm used to doing. I know where, yeah. I know that the things will generally fit me. And I know what, if I, the, I know what I can find my clothes that are in my size, and I know that that's my size just because that's what I've always worn. Um, but I also don't think that I should not, I, don't, I, I think that I should like, start going into more women's sections more and just seeing if I like things, you know? I think that anyone, if they like an article of clothing, they should wear that article of clothing. I don't yeah. think there should any, be anything stopping anyone from wearing anything that they like. <clears throat> and so, yeah, I think, and I agree with what you're saying about how gender-neutral clothing, about how gender neut- about how like it even being a thing, gender-neutral clothing, it really enforces that binary. But I also think that, you know, yeah, it, it, like like Katika said, it has to. There has to be something in order to in order for there to be to not be something any, anymore. Yeah. And 
Yeah, and we're going to talk more about how the about the history of gender-neutral clothing and how you know these patriarchal st- structures in society have created the, have created these things and how have created the gender-dividing clothing. And yeah, I'm very well. curious about that because I don't know anything about it. I guess uh, I mean wh- the way I was raised was also kind of like whatever you like you can do or you can buy or you can wear doesn't really matter um so i'm very curious to hear about every you guys can educate me today <laughs> a little bit i guess for me there's one really important thing which is how uh in our society that fast fashion is such a thing yeah and that the fashion industry is so prevalent and enforcing you to buy new things and for me i haven't ever brought new clothing in my life really I mean, when I was living at home, yeah, my parents might go out with me and buy a couple of new shirts. But since I've lived by myself, not once have I gone to H&M and brought anything. Every single one of my articles of clothing is secondhand. Every single one, without exception. And I think the fact that gender-neutral fashion has to exist is on the premise that uh, fashion industry has to exist. Yeah, definitely. And... A lot of the time, you know, you look at these gender-neutral fashion, supposedly, and the cost is prohibitive. And I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding there because the kind of people who might benefit most, trans and queer people and people with varying gender and sexuality identities, who probably are people who would quite identify with wearing such clothing. Yeah. Exactly. But they're not going to buy a 45 euro white shirt with a line in it, which is increasingly what uh, yeah. gender neutral fashion is boiled down to. It's boiled down to expectations of fashion designers. It's branding that you do it on. Yeah. Um, should we listen to a song and then go more into, uh, into the history of things? Exactly. Um, our um, Every song, except for the first song in this, in this episode, is by a trans artist. Um, and so this artist... Uh, whose song is the artist whose song we are about to play is Anoni and the song is Drone Bomb Me uh, I really recommend you watch the video for this song um, it stars the uh, world famous supermodel Naomi Campbell ooh alright Blow me from the 
Beautiful song. Uh, that was a great choice of song, Zaki or Ruby. I don't know who chose it. Um, yeah, the, we're back here on air, RTV Maastricht 107.5 FM with the student radio. We're recording outside today. The sun just started shining. It's a bit windy, so I hope um, that's still fine to listen to. But I also kind of miss the festival recordings that we usually have around this time, so we decided to just take it outside. I like recording outside. It's kind of a really nice day. Yeah, yeah, so yeah it's a beautiful day. So we're going to look a bit into the history of fashion, gender-neutral fashion, uh, like I already mentioned before. I don't know a lot about it, so I'm very eager to learn from you guys, because I think you uh, you two do know a lot. So, um, yeah, educate me. Okay, well, I can start. Um, I did a bunch of research before this, just preparing for the episode, and so I, what I saw was that a lot of the divide in clothing started in the industrial era and with vict- with Victorian Victorian fashion clothes, you know? And so, you know, it was the expectation that men would be in the workplace, so most men's clothing is fairly utilitarian and, you know, practical in a sense, whereas a lot of women's clothing from that time period is very you know ostentatious it's very it's like women are made to be looked at and it's not really meant to be comfortable or anything you see a lot of these heavy petticoats and garments and things like that still like that i think because i don't i don't have anything that my phone fits into a pocket yeah exactly uh, (laughs) it's interesting because historically speaking if you go even further back than that um there was a gender dividing clothing as well which was the opposite way around because the patriarchy was still the most important but then the whole point is they weren't meant to be doing the work they were yeah. elevated above so things like high heels were invented in ancient egyptian times 
for the patriarchal monarchs to wear and then uh, the colors like pink were considered uh, strong colors for a boy because um, only boys could pull off such uh, bright colors which mm. is interesting because uh, what you see is this dynamic changing and inversing itself over time when actually for the very same reasons that uh, things are considered delicate or effeminate were in the past considered strong or masculine which is fascinating when you think about it that is really fascinating i mean it really shows how arbitrary a lot of this is you know nothing none of these none of these aspects in clothing are inherent to the clothing or inherent to any one gender you know they're just things that are there and people associate it with these things they're all socially constructed and even and even in the victorian era era when there were these things where women were made to be were made to be looked at and thing and things were very impractical there were still certain things that were considered unisex for example riding a bicycle so there were some women's clothing that like there were some things were like were there like pants or divided skirts that that women were able to wear and still be considered feminine and then for children as well up until right up to the 1950s i believe um, all children were des- dressed the same up until about 10 years old in uh, like white smocks, I guess. But now, now that you mentioned that, because um, you see it with bikes as well, bikes have a gender, right? You have male bikes and female bikes and that is... Be- be- I don't understand yeah, that at all. Well, that is because of clothing. So the male bikes have this this thing in between your legs and then they took it away for females because you cannot ride that with a with a skirt. And the saddles on female bikes are also smaller, so a lot of them, not anymore, but when I was young, I remember that all the female saddles, they're more round. They don't really have that, I don't know how to describe it, but you know how what a bike looks like. And that's also because of your skirt, because if you have that thing between your legs, then your skirt kind of pops up a bit. Ah. So that's why you have a female bike for female clothing, actually, so to make it more practical to, to ride it. And right now, it doesn't really matter anymore, because... I mean, we can wear what we want, right? I and mean, it's allowed for girls to wear um, jeans and. Well, Although I, th- I disagree yeah. in many ways, that it's just allowed because, at least in my high school, for instance, we had a uniform. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's boys' shorts and guys uh, and girls uh, have skirts. Yeah. And then uh, there was, uh, well, no, it wasn't even shorts for us actually. It was these long black, really thick trousers, which were horrific in summer. And then all the girls be wearing skirts, and then instantly, my my thought process would be like, why the hell am I not allowed to wear a skirt? Like, that this would is be absurd. So nice. Like, yeah. it's so it's so pleasant. And then, at some point, there was like a school outrage, and people started wearing skirts to school because it was like, come on, like what? Like at least let us wear something that won't kill us in the summer months. Yeah, definitely. I never thought about that because we don't really have that here in the Netherlands. Not that I know of, but especially here in Maastricht, I don't know any school that has uniforms. Um, but that does really divide it for for kids as well. And I think especially in, in that period in your life when you're identifying so strongly or finding your identity, that's what I should say, um, to then as a school decide you wear the, the pants and you wear the skirts and that's just it, period. Because I never wore skirts when I, I ju- I've just never liked it. I do now, but when I was younger, I was like, nope, not for me. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, but yeah, moving forward, I mean, you can see the ri- you see that things that re- unisex fashion kind of became a thing 
out after in the after the fifties and sixties with the rise of the women's liberation movement, where women were starting yeah. entering the workplace more, or the workplace more, and you find that most unisex clothing is basically men's clothing that is tailored for women. Yeah, and which I find interesting um, because it really shows how these how the gender binary comes out of you know out of labor. It comes out of these sort of stereotypes that we associate with different genders, and so and how that affects the clothing itself. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then I guess in the 1980s, you saw another different shift in clothing, but particularly in pop culture clothing, uh, uh, because with the rise of people like David Bowie, you saw this rise of extravagance, I guess. So there's a lot of bright colors going on. There's a lot of slightly more effeminate tailoring or tight tailoring. So a lot of the tailoring's based around giving off curves or giving puffs or things like this so like even now when you go into a vintage shop and you start wearing 80s clothes you see the very different tailoring aesthetics yeah. then here come the 90s and then a very different tailoring aesthetic comes around which is all based around kind of these boxy jeans and kind of like slightly a more Make oversized bigger things, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned the '80s because you see a lot of the rise of androgyny in fashion as well. Yeah, because with the with like David Bowie, I mean, you mentioned you mentioned David Bowie, but there's also Prince and uh, Grace Jones, Queen, of course, and so like you see all of these weird, all of these not weird, but like all these different, all these changes in the perception, and I wonder why that change nowadays where now it's i feel like nowadays it's much more it's gotten more strict the binary and more strict in a binary sense as opposed to where it was before where there was more openness towards androgyny yeah that's also why i love the the 80s and the 90s so much if you look at the video clips because the lines the way that you see it now it's not there as much when you talk about gender but also it's more about clothing and expression and art and now it's just like girls dancing on a car and you know <laughs> that's it uh, so i think fashion wise as well there was just way more uh, expression in there i guess yeah where big things where where shiny things where colors where whatever you want to wear for whoever you are exactly uh, i think it really shows how fashion kind of relates to that time i mean the 80s was a time of extravagance in a sense but also at times of austerity in a sense and so you kind of see the aesthetic of wanting that extravagance i guess yeah but it's like a similar thing that's happening in Brazil uh, where preci- where I think as queer communities are more kind of tolerated in the mainstream the less need there is to be extravagant and louder and have this attention around clothing because uh, like in Brazil what happens is that it's very it's like one of the queerest communities on earth it's also one of the most dangerous places on earth yep. so and there is a uh, how do you say that a correlation there because you end up with this situation where in sao paulo you're you're like uh, according to luna you know my partner's brazilian yes. and was very active in the queer communities there and you have people walking down the street in dresses and it's kind of normal Whereas here in Europe, it's a very different world because in some way, because of this sort of neoliberal idea that queer people are accepted in society, which they're not, it's just uh, things like marriage has been legalized. There's a certain tolerance, which is not the same as acceptance, um, is here. And that means in some way there's less feeling of empowerment and wanting to be radical and change things and have this sort of 
yeah. energy, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's time to move to the next song. Um, our next song is by Planning to Rock. It is called Human Drama. Ooh, some drama. Been burning up inside today Trying to find the words to
now we're going to talk about what makes something gender neutral. And we have a recording from Natalia, who yes. is a second-hand uh, clothing, vintage clothing seller, I believe. Yes, yeah, she has a clothing shop and she's going online now as well, obviously because of the, of the crisis. And uh, she has some things to say about gender neutral fashion. So let's, uh, so let's, let's listen to it. what she has to say. I think uh, clothing design is made out of two visible elements. You have the color and print of the clothing and you have the shape of the clothing. In my opinion, the color and print of the clothing for both sexes has evolved over the years and you see way more freedom on this matter. It cannot be crazy enough for men or for women. However, uh, with the shape of the clothing, I do think men have to deal with more stigma than women. I think the perception of masculinity plays a big role in this matter. And in Dutch, as we say, kleren maken de man, translated into the clothing make the man. Yeah, just think of it. Society's perception of a girl wearing an oversized t-shirt, in contrast to a guy wearing a skirt. How that is perceived. So, you know, like I sell clothing on a big uh, vintage market in Amsterdam. And what I see there is that women flock towards all the items. They try on oversized sweatshirts, they buy corduroy shirts and hardly, hardly ever ask, is this for men? While guys can ask at the denim jacket section, like, is this jacket for men or for women? And then holding up a denim jacket that from a distance I actually cannot tell to which gender it originally was tailored to. And so my colleagues and I always reply, like, did you try it on yet and see how it looks? Because our clothing is unisex and it's really just how you wear it. So yeah, I really love it when people express themselves in the way they dress, like with color or with how they match their items and how really their creativity and personality is reflected in this. So actually, I think at the moment, the sense of gender neutral dressing tends to be more explicit among women. So And that gender neutral fashion for men is developing slower than that of women. And I think that's really a shame. Wow, Natalia raised some really good points there. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of things we, we agreed on a bit early in the conversation. And well, for me, uh, I, I love what she's saying also about the way that she approaches people asking what gender was this jacket for and the way that she sells her clothes. She's like, wear it, see see if you like it. And then yeah. we'll go from there. Yeah. <laughs> Try it on. Does it fit? And it kind of reminds me of when I was younger and I would like put on a button-up shirt or something that was made for women. And I didn't, and of course, I didn't see it as being for any gender. I still see it as a button-up shirt. But the only reason, the, the reason it was for women was because it had darts on it. You know, the, it was sewn so that, you know, if you have breasts, it would fit you. It would fit, well, it would fit better. Right, yeah. And so that was the only difference. And so I think, in theory, that is a unit, that, is what it, that, it, that would be considered unisex fashion or gender-neutral fashion in theory. But it's also, you know, it's, those are also things that are also associated with masculinity, the kind of button-up shirts that I would be wearing, so... And also you have this kind of thing where I remember being in school and then I'd be wearing like a pink raincoat and then I chose the pink raincoat because there was a choice between black, blue or pink. And I chose pink because it's the most interesting color without even thinking of any gender connotations that then you wear it to school and all the other kids are, ew, that's a girl shirt. And then you're like, huh? Is it really? And then it's so odd because there's all of this societal connotations. Exactly. And that's why I always ask, like, what makes it a girl's shirt? Oh, because it's pink. How is pink a girl's color? 
well, it's yeah, just, I know. It's, because, why? <laughs> yeah, and, it's, it, and it's like, it's not because, like, look at the history and learn it because it's fascinating. It's all associations and what we are told, right? Because that's also um, about, we were just talking about a video that I saw um, of twins being born and nobody knew the gender. And that's, it's always like, is it pink or is it blue? So that's from even before we are born, that's associated with a gender. And I think that. No, it's purple. Yeah, right? Or it's mint green. I'm going to have a mint green baby. (laughs) Whatever you want to make out of that. But I think it's really just something that's it's taught, right? This is not something that you that naturally comes there that blue is for boys and pink is for girls. And then again, what Natalia said and what we said earlier as well, it's fine for girls to wear a blue shirt. You will never hear anybody shout at a girl because she's wearing a blue raincoat. So why is that so fine and the other way around it's not? But then again, if you look at um like patriarchy suits. again yeah. yeah it all yeah. i mean if they look, looking back at the history i mean it started because a lot of unisex fashion started in the labor movement you know that's that's why most unisex clothes are inherent are are at least not inherently masculine but they're associated with masculine clothing because you know masculine clothing was what was worn in the workplace because uh. that's men were in the workplace first well, yeah and so also. when women entered the workplace they had to and they had to they had to conform to what was already uh, established there yeah, well, for me, if you ask that question, like what makes something gender neutral, the only thing for me where there's really a difference between guy or girl cl- clothes would be the, the way it's tailored. Like you said, or it's something can be really tailored for, for boobs to be in there. But then still, I mean, if you don't have boobs, you can wear it. Not all women have we boobs also have either. lots <laughs> of different body types. And I think instead yeah. of thinking about clothing in terms of... Uh, gender is about body type really yeah exactly it's like it's not about gender because no. you have you have women with flat chests even because they never had boobs or because they lost them that that's a possibility you have guys with great booties i mean yeah. that i i'm jealous of so myself included yeah definitely <laughs> so so i think that's just a way of tailoring that has nothing to do with gender really and a well tailored thing will show off you in your purest form you know yeah. like it's yeah, exactly. It's about good tailoring. It's not actually about gender. Yeah. And there is actually one of the guests for the live stream, um, her clothing collection, her shirts, they're and they're in two there are two body shapes, you know, there's a straight cut and there's a curvy cut. And that, and that that's how that eliminates the gender there. Yeah. The so that is there. what what would fit you best exactly. with what you have. Which is great as well because I think if um, the way something is tailored can do so much for your body as well. And then it doesn't matter how you identify what your body looks like, uh, how big you are or how tiny you are, um, that clothes can fit so beautiful just on human beings. But Again, it is... it's just scary how expensive good yeah, things are. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like you walk, like I remember going into one of these Maastricht boutiques. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, I always I could. watch through the window. I don't yeah. ever dare to walk in. <laughs> once I did, once I was really bored and I was walking around the centre and I saw this incredible penguin suit that looked like, oh, I think that would fit me. So I went in and I tried it on and I, it's the first time I had felt the effect of good tailoring on a body. Mm. And then you look it on it, it's like, wow, I look stunning. Yeah, exactly. So where do you get the 2,000 euros to buy it? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I'm never going to have the money, but I can appreciate that I can look stunning in this. Yeah, and that's why I really like what you mentioned earlier with fast fashion. I think fast fashion has really enforced the binary more than anything else. Definitely. Because if you could get your own clothes made, they would just be made to fit you. And then you could have, if you're getting clothes made, you can have any kind, whatever kind of designs that you want. And would last a way, way, way longer. Exactly. I mean, historically, like historically speaking, 
uh, family might have one good piece of clothing that was worn every Sunday for church. <laughs> right, yeah. And that was made for them when they were when they were an adult. You know, when they just turned an adult, like 18th birthday. Ah, oh, your Sunday best. You know. Exactly. Well, you should just wear what you what you want to wear. That's my opinion, at least. Exactly. Uh, I think society definitely has some things to learn here. Um, yeah, um, make your own. I, I started uh, making a, sh- a pair of shorts now. I'm working on that right now. Nice. Uh, and it's so much fun because you can just... I mean, I've been scrolling through Google for hours just looking at fabrics like, ooh, this might be fun. And then I chose a fabric which was carnival fabric. So somebody said like, well, that's for a carnival suit. It's not just to wear. Like, well... Why not? Who are you to decide on that? I who like does, it. Like, <laughs> the thing I, th- I think the thing that really shows about all these ideas about fashion, these are all things that someone made up at some point. And so yeah. it's not inherent to that thing itself. It's just an idea that you decide whether or not to conform to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we should just all be able to wear what we like wear what we love wear what makes you feel good yes is it time for another song yet yeah it's time yes so the next song is Dorian Electra Flamboyant some say my fire burns way too high some say they find me too hot to touch but I I think it's not enough I Don't tell me what to do I Don't tell me what to say You know I like it loud Cause that's the only way No taste for subtlety And no time for restraint Now I go all the way I'm flamboyant I go all the way I'm flamboyant I go all the way
Welcome back here at RTV Maastricht 107.5 FM. You're listening to Student Radio Maastricht. I am Katinka here with Zaki. Hey. And Ruby. Hello, hello. And we're talking about uh, gender neutral fashion. So, yeah, we've talked about a bit, well, a bit, actually, a lot about the history uh, and what makes something gender neutral. Or, well, I think we think that everything is gender neutral, period, because that's just something that society made up, I guess. Um, yeah, but let's talk a bit about some trends in gender neutral fashion, because you do see it coming up more and more, I think, especially online. Uh, you see more yeah. about gender neutral fashion being there being a thing um zaki you have a friend is she a friend i don't know ah <laughs> uh, yes well um the two guests from the two guests for the live stream yes. um, are both designers um and they do have even both in different areas so the one who i mentioned earlier darina um she is making shirts and they have they come in two different shapes and that's how she does gender neutral fashion and they're and you know they there might be things that might be associated with masculinity but again i don't think clothing really has a gender at all um, and then the other designer is uh, is Julina, um, and she her clothing designs are all. The, she has a really interesting concept, actually. There are one size fits most, and they are also genderless. And they're all much more concerned with shape. And their her point was also, you know, moving away with moving away from the fashion from the fast fashion industry, and focusing yeah. more on you know creating more a uh, deeper atta- a deeper attachment and a deeper connection with the clothes that you wear. Yeah, I think for me, what I find is when I'm looking uh, just browsing online because, as I said, I've never brought clothes in a very long time but I'm always struck by the sort of um, minimalism in gender neutral clothes yeah. Uh, yeah. in the current design aesthetic I think that ties into a more minimalist design aesthetic generally amongst designers but I think for me that's a real shame because I've always associated clothing with individuality and colourful and interesting prints and yeah, yeah designing with a air of flair i guess yeah exactly that i guess what a lot of what i see at the moment is designing for this sort of ever so slightly corporate aesthetic yeah i know what you mean um i remember seeing on youtube uh it was tom brown menswear i think it was it was winter 2017 his that fashion show and it was a very interesting fashion show because Pretty much most of the most of the collection, uh, it featured men wearing skirts, and also all the models in that fashion show were wearing heels. But it was all very business, business-like attire in the way it looked. Yeah. And it's not necessarily like purely business. It's more like the way the clothes are presented is particularly elite. You know, it's not uh, they're presented as this kind of like a crisp white shirt that fits perfectly-ish. That it's not quite, you know, like, oh, that's a really pretty hoodie that is kind of cool. Or that's kind of like reinventing how we wear shirts. It's more like using same ideas and minimalizing it and businessifying it, which I'm not sure is always the right approach, particularly with gender neutral. Yeah, I think that gender, if you name something gender neutral, that doesn't mean that you take away anything that could imply a gender right because that's kind of what's happening that just narrow it down until you don't see any more for who it should or could be um but yeah i mean it is just that much fun if you make gender neutral clothes that they're also bright and pink and have whatever on it or blue or 
just just everything also you know the jeans and and the skirts and the dresses i mean skirts gender neutral for me yeah, i right? just love to see way 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 more uh innovation in color and use of prints from all over the world i mean we've got such a rich cultural fabric of the globe yeah. and every every different community has their own ways of dyeing and printing and using things and clothing in general yeah exactly i think it's good to look at like other cultures from other cultural clothing you like you know scotland has kilts which you know yeah. men wear kilts but Absolutely, essentially yeah, a skirt to, you have to <laughs> exactly and so you can't even wear underwear with kilts you, know? you have to go commando yeah exactly um <laughs> but yeah, um, but what you were saying about you know about how wanting to see more color, I think you would really like to design one of the designers um, from Fashion Clash, um, Tin Seren. <laughs> yeah, and his clothing was all it was very much neons. Um, it was um, like all of the models for his show specifically were men, but there were like there were a lot of dresses, a lot of like frills and things, and a lot of the extravagance that you would as- associate with women's clothing, but yeah. in a menswear line. Yeah, I think that's just something that we all need, right? Because it's also when you when you grow up, um, yeah, just during the song, Ruby, I was talking a bit about you, that I, as long as I could, I still shopped at the children's department uh, until I really could not fit in those clothes anymore. But I always thought, like, I was 14 or 15, and I'm like, those clothes are more fun. I mean, everything in the in the adult department was just, I thought, boring or just too girly maybe i don't know i just thought it was so boring and and the kids still had you know fun prints and weird things in the clothing so i was like yeah i like to wear that who doesn't want a bright pink dinosaur yeah exactly i I want a bright pink dinosaur in my clothing exactly yeah so um i think that happens maybe anyways a little bit but that's also obviously that was h&m so it's fast fashion and, and but everything gets so yeah it's mass production right it's just something for everybody and i think that's um Go to your local Kringlopes, go to your local second-hand stores and find places that are even giving away clothes because there are so much clothing in the world and there's so much waste and most of the clothes that are thrown away are still good. These shoes that I'm wearing, I got from a dumpster outside a clothing store. Yeah, no, like my dad, my dad in Philadelphia, he... What he does for work is like he goes around on trash days and picks up and finds everything that people are throwing away that are still usable. And so like I hadn't bought a pair of shoes in literal years because I would just find he would find like brand new shoes in the trash yeah, that people have thrown away. So yeah, people throw away things way too well. Not too, I wouldn't say too early, but it's it's cool if somebody else can use it as well. If you don't like to wear it anymore, yeah. uh, I absolutely love thrift shopping or just looking around for different things as well just things that you wouldn't normally find in a clothing store and i think i love exactly what you said about um, the gender neutral designers that you talked to that we're gonna have in the live stream as well that they design their clothes for body types yeah exactly that's really it right you design it for a body type so if you have more curves this might fit you better and if if you have more uh, of a flat chest or a flat butt then this will this will look perfect on you and i think that's the way to go with fashion in general but especially with gender neutral fashion just see what are your measurements and then this will fit you best and then it doesn't matter what else it looks like yeah and i think it also creates more of a more of a relationship with your clothes you know because yeah. you means you're knowing you're knowing your body shape your your body type you know what clothes will work will look good with, with will look good for you as opposed to just thinking in, t- in a gendered sense where it's just like okay this should work for me because i am a man yeah. and yeah that i feel like absolutely doesn't work that way <laughs> yeah exactly it really does not 
<laughs> so our next song is Kim Petras, I Don't Want It At All.
Hey guys, that was Kim Petras. I don't want it at all. What I think of as the Sugar Baby National Anthem. Yeah, was cute. Love yeah. the song. It's a great song. Um, so now we're moving on to our cultural agenda, right? Yeah, last part. So uh, we're wrapping it up now. Well, I think if we just conclude our talk, um, yeah, our, our main conclusion is just wear whatever the fuck you want to wear. And it's fine. Be happy with your clothes and don't go for fast fashion. And yeah. clothes have no fucking gender. They don't. They really don't. Like, this is all... Really, it's like all things that are made up. If you decide... If you woke up one day and decide, you know, I don't want to do this anymore, you don't have to. Yeah. Or if you decide that you do want to do this... Yeah, then you can. Don't. But, like, you don't have to. You don't have to do... You don't have to do... You don't have to conform to the idea of gender yeah. clothing. Absolutely not. So I think that we all agree on that. That was our uh, our lesson for today. Uh, yeah. So cultural agenda. You uh, yeah. You already talked about the two guests that we're going to have in the live show. So I think the live show is the first point of our cultural agenda. It starts right after this show on uh, Facebook. So the Student Radio Maastricht Facebook, and we'll um, we'll have a chat there with the designers as well about gender neutral fashion, everything that is developing around that, what they think of it, why they started doing what they're doing. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that very much. Um, you have some um, some information about them, where to find them. Exactly. Well, one of our guests, Dorina Kapatos, uh, her website is D-O-R-I-N-A-K-A-P-P-A-T-O-S dot com. All right. Yes. And the show is recorded, by the way, so you can listen it back or come to the to the live stream. We'll type it out. Exactly. Um, we'll post it in the comment section. Um, our other guest, um, Julina, uh, her clothes um, you can find. Well, she 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 she's more. She considers herself a body designer, uh, more of a conceptual artist in that sense. And so her website is w h o l i n a dot d e. All right. Cool. Wonderful. So we had Natalia Westerman as well. We had a recording of her and she um, has a vintage clothing shop. So her website is www.nsquare.nl. So that's D-O-T-N-S-Q-U-A-R-E. So .nsquare.nl. Um, she has pop-up sales coming up from September when everything is allowed and safe again. But she also has an Instagram that's at .nsquare underscore vintage. And a Facebook group, Maastricht Vintage Fans. So that's where she posts all the updates. And uh, yes, she started an online shop as well. Because she kind of had to. And now is having a lot of fun with that. So um, that's something to check out. Ruby, do you have anything special for the cultural agenda? Uh, Not particularly. All right. Um, Yeah, I still am giving workshops. So personal development workshops. But I also started a workshop about... Um, yeah, making online content. So if you are doing something, maybe if you're making your own clothes or if you're making music or anything and you want to put that online, that's something to follow. It's donation-based as well. So uh, check out Instagram, student life coaching with underscores. Um, yeah, and I think that's all we have to mention for the cultural agenda, I guess. Do you have anything else? Yeah, I think the only thing is, you know, just be mindful. Stay safe in these troubling times, you know. Make sure you practice social distance. Be careful. Be safe. And, yeah. yeah. And have fun. Exactly. <laughs> have fun. Experiment. Live yeah, look life. online for some uh, some uh, great clothing now. Experiment a bit with that while we're still uh, in a semi-lockdown. Luckily, we're going to be able to go outside for in soon enough, I hope. Who knows? If you're in quarantine right now, consider learning how to sew. 
it might it might be it might turn into a you know a new business idea or even just a good way to create cultivate a better relationship with the clothes that you wear and you know yeah. a new way to express yourself choose your own fabrics make your own clothes it's fun i'm trying right now uh I'm working on my first short so we're gonna see what that looks like i'll keep you guys posted on that um yeah i want to thank rtv maastricht for having us and uh, I hope that we can soon enough go back into the into the studio for the, for our live shows. Right now we're outside the studio um, recording this. So uh, I had fun with you guys recording outside today. Thanks Code 043 as well for supporting us. Um, and that was it. We're going to listen to our last song. Yep, our last song is Janelle Monet. I like that. All right. All right. Bye. 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 Back then with the tears in my eyes, I always knew I was the shit. 